0: I woke up up this this morning morning with my mind. Stay on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind. Stay on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind. Stay on Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I woke up this morning with my mind. Stay on Jesus, I woke up this morning with my mind, stay on Jesus, I woke up this morning with my mind, stay on, on, on Jesus, hallelujah, 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 walking and talking with my mind. Mom stay on Stayed Jesus on Jesus Walking and talking i talking with my mom Mind. Ain't no harm in keeping your mind. Stay on, on, on Jesus. Ain't no harm in keeping your mind. Stay on Jesus. Stay on Jesus. Ain't no harm in keeping your mind. Stay on Jesus. Jesus. No, no Hallelujah. No Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more time. You woke up, aren't you glad? Woke, woke up this, this morning with my mind. this morning with my mind Stain on Jesus Hallelujah 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 And it's a good thing to give praise and thanks unto the Lord We will sing, I love to praise your name I love, don't you just love to praise the name of the Lord When you think of all that he I'm is certain. in your life All that he's done for us We should love to sing his praise. This is a different song. We need the words for I Love to Praise Your Name up on the screen. It's called Sweet Jesus. I love to praise your name. I love to lift you up. We bless your name. Jesus 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 I love to praise your name I love to lift you up We bless your name Sweet Jesus 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 Everybody sing us. I love Jesus. Demons tremble at that name. Oh. Jesus, Jesus. I love, I love. Jesus, Jesus sweet sweet Jesus 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 amen and our next song is every praise is to our God you may have rem- you may remember it from when the Tamarin church was here a couple of weeks ago but we're all going to sing it together and we're going to learn it today so stand up we have the words up there for you to learn it with us Praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise every praise is to our god every praise every praise is to our god every word of worship with one accord every praise every praise is to our god sing hallelujah to our god glory hallelujah our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise. our God. Glory hallelujah, Glory, hallelujah, is to our God.
1: Every praise,
0: every praise, every praise, every praise is to our God. God. Every praise is, is to our God. our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. sing hallelujah to our God glory hallelujah is to our God every praise, every praise is to our God every praise is to our God every word of worship with one accord every praise, every praise Race is to our God, God our Savior. Every praise every praise is to our God Every word of worship with one accord Every praise every praise every praise, every is praise. to our God every praise
1: Amen. Has God done great things for us today? Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. We want to praise God for doing great things. Amen? amen. 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 I'm just so happy to be in the house of God today. I'm happier than you, Sister Rawls. Yes, I'm happy to be in the house of God, Sister Garden. It is so great, you know, when we come into the fellowship and when we mix and mingle with the brothers and the sisters, when we hear the trials of another, it helps us to deal with our trials. It helps us to know that if they can make it, we can make it too. Amen? And that's the purpose of church. You know, I believe that we are in a world right now, we have lost the, the purpose, the meaning of what church is. you know we think church is a place for us just to come and we sit for an hour or two or three or four, and we just have a great time, you know we sing a few songs, we hear a word, and then we leave. Uh, we, we We have lost the, the meaning of church, the mingling aspect of church where we, you know, get in each other's business. I don't mean in gossiping or anything like that. When I mean where we show that we care, amen? Where church, you know, takes on legs and have hands. Where church hugs. Where church is meaningful, you know? And uh, this is, uh, if, if, uh, if there's a church-like uh, this. I believe this church would be uh, a church that is meaningful to the community. And so as we come to church, church is not, it is, it is not just, it is, it is not something that is static. Church is a movement. Church is the people. Church has the heart. It has the head. It has the mind. Church cares. Amen. And that's what church is about. And this is the church. If I could snap my fingers and miraculously this building disappears. And all of us is sitting under the sun. Do you know that we still have church? Church is not the building. You know, and as I was just sitting there and we were just going through the service. You know, it is occurring to me more and more that we are training a society to, to not be relevant and be real to each other. Amen? If you would allow me, and this is off script, if you would allow me to just ask a few questions, right? And I want to, I'm going to have a word of prayer to begin And we're going to have interactive church today, right? That means that we're going to preach the sermon today. And the Holy Spirit is going to connect it all. Will you allow me for the next half an hour or so to do that? All right. Uh, I know that some of the folks are very, you know, traditional. Pastor, you should be up there. You should not be moving about. Well, that's why you call me to pastor this church. This crazy (laughs) Jamaican-Canadian, wannabe-American guy, right? Yes, I'm here, right? You could send me back home. (laughs) Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for church. We thank you for the people with the pretty hats. We thank you, Lord, for the smooth-shaved guys The ladies that's here, Lord, that have their uh, hairdo and uh, their fancy clothes and their debonair suits for some of the men. Lord, we just thank you for each and every one, even those that came in and they feel that they're underdressed or overdressed. Whatever the case is, Lord, we thank you for bringing us into the fellowship. We thank you for bringing us into church. We thank you, Lord, that we are able to rub shoulders with the rich and the poor, Lord, and those that's despondent and just fearful for Monday morning. Whatever the case is, Lord, we came to church today. We just ask that you will bless us, Lord, as we open up this worship time. I pray, Father, that you will hide me behind Calvary's cross and that you would allow the the pride, Lord, and all of these things, Lord, that, uh, that comes in to disrupt the worship, Lord. The, 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 this pride that we have, Lord, and, and this thing of uh, selfishness. I pray, Lord, that none of these uh, lower passions will not manifest in a way to disturb this worship. We just want you to be lifted up. We want you to be praised. We want your name to be lifted up, Lord. Bless and keep us and guide us now, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Why did you come to church today? Sister, I'm so happy that you came to church, you and your daughter. Why did you come today?
0: I just wanted to be blessed, and
1: I um, just need the Lord in my life. I've been away from church for a little while, and um, I, just, uh, I just need the Holy Spirit to just lift me up. Amen. Amen. Amen, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Brother, I know you're studying and you came from school and you're going back. Why did you come to church today? You could have just chill out? Yes, well, um, as you know, this is my home church here in Las Vegas, and so it's truly a blessing to be back um, around my family once again. And I just came to church this morning to truly receive a blessing. Amen, to receive a blessing. Is that all right? Why did you come to church today, sister? I'm just going to be picking on people, so let your heart beat. You never know who. (laughs) Well, I love the Lord, and I wanted to come and praise and worship him and hear the word so that I know more about him and to fellowship with other saints who believe like I do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Church, why did you come to church Um, I came to church because
0: I enjoy the fellowship of a very dear friend of mine, Erica.
1: I haven't seen her in a very long time, and it inspires me when I have the opportunity to spend some time with the people I love. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Fellowship. Fellowship. Sister, (laughs) why did you come to church? (laughs) Well, I came to church this morning for my blessings and whatnot to see my family And to know that when I come to church every Saturday, that I get a blessing and that everything is working out okay with the Lord with me and he's on his way with us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Church. Many of us have different motives for coming to church, right? Some wrong, some right. Why do we come to church?
0: Came to church to praise and worship the Lord and hear the word.
1: Amen. Amen. To praise and worship the Lord. Church. I came to uh, eat. No, I'm just kidding. I came... <laughs> Come on, admit it. <laughs> I came to worship and fellowship with my family. All right. Worship yeah. and fe- fellowship with your family and to hear the word of God.
0: I came to worship God.
1: All right. You came to worship God. All right. All right. Came to worship God. Yes.
0: I came to church this morning because God says in his word to forsake not to gather together of yourselves and because he says that uh, we are to come apart on the seventh
1: day and spend that time with him. So I'm trying to be obedient. All right. All right. All right. Church, why did you come to church? Well, I came to church today. Even though you have a worship every morning, you know, sometimes you just need encouragement for other people. okay encouragement from the lord i need another mic encouragement from the lord okay there we go all right encouragement from the lord all right all right okay church sister i came to church this morning to meet with jesus and i also love early morning prayer amen Have early morning prayer on sabbath morning because god is so good amen amen (laughs) praise the lord sister yes i came to church
0: because i'm i went to my to school with my sister bobby vaughn sister vaughn and she's taken me here because i was looking for a new church i came from a christian church never a church like this and i was wasn't being fed enough and i've never been fed enough as i've had now
1: amen and she is responsible for bringing me here praise the lord amen so you came for spiritual food we hope you get fat from it amen (laughs) praise the lord i came to church because um i was formally invited to church and i have been a seventh-day adventist for so long and it's natural for me to come to church on sabbath so the blessing you receive on the Sabbath. You cannot receive it at home, so you need to come to church for it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, the truth, the truth of it all. Oh, yes, go ahead.
0: Um, uh, I came to church to uh, love God and to tell pastor that LeBron isn't good. So. What? That LeBron isn't good.
1: Oh, boy. You know, he came to church just to tick me off, right? Ah. Uh. Now, we know that LeBron is the best basketball player, right? So, all right. So if you came to church, I'm happy that you're in church. We hope that you're converted by that, by the end of the service, right? All right. We come to church for different reasons. But as we come to church, I want you to understand, you know, in the apostolic days when they met for church, church was not like in this um, mode, Brother Larry. It was not like this. Uh, Church was a time where people came and they testified. They heard the testimonies. They heard the healing. They heard of all the wonderful things that God has done. And they came together young and old to affirm themselves in the Lord. And that was one of the things. You know, they came to be edified, to be strengthened. You know, um, there came a time in my life when I came to church and somehow I would... Um, I come to church and I leave not blessed. You know where? Sometimes, have you ever come to church honestly and you leave and you're not blessed? Be honest, right? Because all it was all about the the singing and uh, and you we are so formalized and you know we're so locked into to all kind of stuff that you lose. You know you're not focused. And I believe that when we do come to church, we should come to church with a testimony, first of all. God should have done something in your life. And even if you are a broken person and you came in and you hear the testimony of somebody else, it should help you on your way. The truth of the matter is, I was reading this text um, in the book of Habakkuk, chapter Habakkuk chapter verse 18 and 19, uh, 18 to 20. And it it was a challenge. As I read this and I said, you know something, we are guilty in in many different ways of uh, corrupting church, of falsifying what church should be. In Habakkuk chapter, I'm happy it's on the screen, Habakkuk, it asks us what Profiteth the graven image that the maker thereof had gravened it. A graven image. Now, you may say that we don't, you know, carve any images and we don't worship any images, but check it out what it's saying. The molten image and a teacher of lies that the maker of his work trusteth therein to make dumb idols. Dumb idols. Dumb idols that cannot speak. Dumb idols that cannot move. Dumb idols. The next next verse, verse 19. Dumb idols. When we think of it, it says, Woe unto him that saith to the wood, Awake, and to the dumb stone arise. It shall teach. Behold. Behold. It is laid over with gold and silver and there is no breath at all in the midst of it. When we think of it, all of these things and many modern day Christians, they worship these things. Verse 20, it says, but the Lord, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. All these individuals that's worshiping the dumb idols, the dumb stones, and all of these things that cannot speak, that cannot breathe, and all of that, it's, they're doing all of these things. But somehow, the Bible comes down and says, in spite of all of this, it does not change. The Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before Him. Now, application. Many of us, we come to church... And we come to church to worship things that cannot help us. Uh, we worship our riches. We come to show off things that we've got, our, our knowledge, our whatever. We come just to show but not to worship. We come and we worship dumb idols, worship our job, worship uh, our, our schools, worship our education, worship our husband and our wives, and things that cannot change us. But when we come to church, we do not see the true God. We do not see that the God as you, the song that was sung. We don't see that every praise needs to be to our God. Every word and worship needs to be to our God. And so I was talking to even a young lady uh, this week and she said something so profound. She said, I came to Christ, but when I came to Christ, I did not give up everything. I hold on to some things. Are you holding on to certain things in your life? Perhaps you came and you were baptized, but you're holding on to certain things. You're holding on to certain areas, certain things, and when God wants to have all of it. As we come to church, church should change us. It should bring us in some form of transformation. We should be changed. If you've been coming to church over all these years and you have not been changed, I said there is something wrong with you and maybe there's something wrong with your church. I could be truthful. There could be something wrong with this church. And if there's something wrong with this church, it must be changed, Sister Yancey. If there is something wrong with the way we worship, if there is something wrong with the God we worship, if it is not a capital G, but it is a small g, there's a problem. I don't want to challenge our people in to the real, we need to get down to the nitty gritty and we need to worship the true God of heaven and earth. Amen. Amen. We need to understand that this true God, the one that created you, he knows everything about you and he wants to sustain you. He wants to bring you through that trial and that tribulation that you're going through. He wants you to know that, listen, I am there for you. I'm not just like a a part-time God. I'm not a God that you come and just show up and just worship for two hours on Sabbath and then you go back to sin. No. We talked about that theme over and over and over. But the fact is, what we got to understand, that God wants to bring us through a process of transformation. You know, uh, in the book of Matthew chapter 3, sorry, Revelation chapter 3, the, the Bible tells us that, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man or woman opens the door, he says, I will come in and I will sup with you. Now, um, I, I, there was a mentor of mine that used to talk about this and he used to, he had some graphics on it. And what basically he was saying is that there are many different heart doors within our hearts, many different compartments, and we are free. You know, sometimes we say, hey, listen, yeah, you, you could come in, come in, Lord. And we enter, we open the main door and he comes in and he sits at the supper table. But we make sure that we have our lock and key for the bedroom door. We don't allow him in there. God is not allowed in that door. We make sure that there's certain entertainment, that TV room, that entertainment room and all of that. That, oh, no, Lord, you're not allowed in there. You could go to all the doors in my heart, but that door, the entertainment one, nope, you can't get in there. If we do not give God access to every single door in our life, our worship could be in vain. And some of us, myself included, we could be guilty of that. Where God it does not have full access. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, when we have to rebuke somebody and tell somebody the truth, Sometimes when you do so, sometimes I, I recall that some people, they are very, they don't like to be corrected. Oh brother, I am sorry, um, what you said was wrong. And as soon as you say that, I mean some guys don't want to, they want to square off with you. They want to take it outside. They're insulted because you have corrected them in the word of God. You understand what I'm saying? What we got to understand as we are journeying on, God, he wants to have full access to our lives. He wants to bring us through the different channels to to the different levels to bring us to a higher level, right? But too many times we are too comfortable in just what we know, but we don't want to progress. And God wants to bring us to a higher state of spiritual consciousness, amen? Amen. As Brother Yancey celebrates his birthday today, right? Yeah, yes, I remember your birthday, right? Yeah, you, um, as you're in a, you are in a reflection and a review mode right now, right? Yeah, you have to be. <laughs> if you're not, you're not alive. Uh, no, somebody else is celebrating their birthday too, right? Oh, Brother Lawrence. All right. Brother Lawrence, you're celebrating your birthday today, you know. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Birthday celebrants, this this should be a time of reflection. If you cannot look back over the years and see that the Lord has brought you up to a spiritual plane, that the things that you used to do, that you do them no more, I'm telling you, our spirituality, our journey could be in vain. And you have to check your direction. Amen? You know, last weekend, um, uh, Sister um, Johnson and uh, Sister Stevenson, they were making fun of me. We had a convention to go to. And so I had uh, did my map quest and so forth. And I saw the way to Lake Tahoe. And I said, whoa, seven hours and 36 minutes. I said, okay, that's cool. So I went into my my car, and I put it in the the coordinates in the GPS, and I did not check it with the MapQuest. I just allowed my car GPS to bring me wherever. And it brought me all the way down to the 95, down to south, 95 south, 15 south, 58 I think it was east or west, and then 99 north. It brought me in the scenic route. My daughter and my, and my nephew, they were saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know how kids get, you know, are we there? And I'm like, you know, we're, we're going to be there soon. And I'm checking the time and said, but we've been driving 10 hours. It said that we should be there 7 hours and 36 minutes. And I drove and I drove, and I went the wrong direction. Let me say, no, it's not the, my wife corrected me on this. It's not the, it was not the wrong direction, but it's the long direction, right? And I went around the scenic route, and when you're driving in winding um, roads and so forth, I mean, it's, in the middle of the night, it's not fun. I, I like to say it took me... 12 hours and a half to get there. But my, ba- my daughter corrected me and says, Daddy, no, it was 14 hours. <laughs> it took me a long time to get to where I needed to go. And some of us, what happens with us is taking us a long time to go where we need to go. God, he had charted the way for the people of Egypt, Israel. When you, get out of, when you get out of Egypt, this is the way. It would have taken them 40 days to get there. But instead, they took the long way. It took them 40 years. 40 years in the wilderness when it should have just taken them just like that. And some of us right now, we are treading through the wilderness and we're taking the long route. And we are trusting a GPS that's bringing us, yes, it's bringing us in the, in the uh, long direction, the long direction, but we should, not, we should have just charted and just allowed the Holy Spirit to lead us the direct route. When I was coming back, I checked my GPS and it says direct route. It took me seven hours to get there. Get home, rather. And I'm just saying to us... Too many times we get ourselves caught up in all kind of different stuff. We're trying to do things and worship. We're trying to serve God our way. And we're saying, well, you know, this is the the way and all of this. And it's taken us a long time to do something that should have been done just like that. God wants to bring us into an experience, everybody. And we got to understand the text in Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. I was reading this text and it intrigued me because it, it, the Lord broke it down in this text for us. If we want to truly achieve what God wants us to achieve, in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, it says, He hath shewed thee, O man, what is good. God is showing us what is good. He's showing us the way to live, the right way to live. And it says that, and what, and what doth the Lord require of thee? The Lord requires something of each and every one of us today. And I want you to leave here with this message, fellow traveler on the road. The Lord wants us to know if we need to get to where we need to go, there are certain things that we need for that journey. There is a a mindset that we need for our journey. There is an attitude that we need for our journey. Your attitude does matter as you travel on the journey. Amen? Amen. Have you ever been traveling with somebody that is just crazy? Huh? As Somebody that just, I mean, they're always getting it wrong. And you're always, you, as soon as you get in the car, like I remember my grandmother and, his, and her best friend, every time they get in the car, they're arguing. And what's worse, when my grandfather is driving and these two women are arguing, turn right, turn left, and he is trying to, I mean, confusion. Your attitude matters when you travel. Thank God I have a very calm and loving wife. Even when I am wrong, she strokes my shoulders and say, Well, you know, um, I think you need to consider the direction. <laughs> your attitude matters, right? You know, some women, you know, they could really get on your case, right? And an accident could happen. Thank God we've never had an accident, right? And so... the." In Micah chapter 6 verse 8 it says, what does the Lord require of thee? It says, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. This is what God is saying. God is requiring this of us, is for us to do justly. Do you know we have some Adventist Pharisees in our midst? You know, these Pharisees, they believe that, you know, um, their way is the right way. And if you don't believe in what they're saying, uh, it's like they've already put you in the pit of hell. (laughs) True. And what the Bible is telling us is this is what the Lord requires of us, that we have to do justly. The Bible tells us, and I was studying this, and Habakkuk was the one that brought this out in uh, verse four here, in verse um, three. Um, And it says that to do justly. uh, Habakkuk chapter um, two, verse uh, four. It brings out, this is the first part of it says, behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. It says, but the just shall live by faith. This is where the original statement is taken from. The just shall live by faith. In Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, for those of you that's taking notes. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Now Paul comes on the scene. And Paul, as you know, he was a great scholar. He traveled all across Asia and he opened up churches in Jewish churches. Uh, but even in the Gentile territory, Paul in Turkey and all of these areas and in, in, in the Greek areas, and he opened up many, many churches in Athens and so forth. And Paul now reading Habakkuk, he took this phrase and he says, the just shall live by faith. And so many times we do not understand what this simple statement says. The Bible is telling us that we need to learn to live justly or to do justly. The Paul, he builds on this. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 statement, the just shall live by faith. In Romans chapter 1 verse seven, Paul 17, Paul says... For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Faith. It is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, I want you to understand, there is a thing that we call righteousness by faith. Righteousness by faith. And righteousness by faith, it is righteousness by having faith in Christ, not in your ability. There are so many of us that come to church And we think that it is my ability that brought me this far. It is my obedience and it is me, all of these things that I have created that has brought me this way. And I want you to know it is not about you. If you trust in you, you will end up in hell. Can we agree with that? Man cannot do it on their own. We cannot do it on our own. You may have a great singing ability, speaking ability, and all of these things. It doesn't matter about you. It is not about you. It is totally righteousness by faith. Martin Luther brought this back up. While the, in, back in the dark ages, the, the system, the church system at that time, they thought that righteousness could be achieved through the priests. Can't be through the priests. It can't be through a mere man. It has to be through only God. God alone. And so, so many of us, we are trying to break an addiction. And we think that the addiction is, it's really your power. The Any addiction that is not given to Christ cannot be broken. I don't care what Alcoholics Anonymous says. I don't I don't care what any drug rehab says, right? It is not you. It is it is actually giving it to God. It is the soul yielding itself to God completely, total dependence on God that brings us through. Amen. Amen. And so, folks, we gotta understand what it's all about. And Paul brings this out in the book of Romans, uh, one verse 17. But he Also, writing to the Galatians, Paul brings this very same thing out. And it was a very meaningful statement for him. In Romans, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, it says, But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. No man. You cannot keep the Ten Commandments on your own. Sabbath keeper. Those of us that's keeping the seventh day Sabbath, yes, it is in the Ten Commandments. But you can't do it on your own. That's true. Uh, Those of you that's trying to walk the straight and narrow path. And you're saying like, listen, you know, uh, I'm keeping all the Ten Commandments. I have never done all of these things from. Lie. It has to be through Jesus Christ. Amen. You cannot keep the law of God on your own. But you have to keep it. That means in order for you to keep it, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so, so many of us may be broken right now I'm going through all kind of different things, right? It has to start with Christ and Christ alone. Amen? Amen. We're together. And so, he's saying that no man can be justified, made right in the law, in the sight of God, It is evident for the just shall live by faith. It is only by the faith of Jesus Christ, everybody. Amen? Amen. And that's the power of the gospel. So you may be hooked on phonics. You may be hooked on the drug. You may be hooked on cigarettes. You may be hooked on fornication. You may be hooked on an adulterous life whatever the sin is, whatever the addiction, it must be given to Christ. And we're going to talk about how that is given. There is a process of how it has to be given to Christ. And too many times we think that we have given it to him, but we have not. We give, and we hold back some of it for ourselves. We're going to talk about that just now. Hebrews, Paul, In the last book that he mentions this, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, Paul mentions this. It says, now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, a dangerous text. Paul is bringing out the reality that the just shall live by faith. But he says, if any man draws back, have mercy on that one. If any man draws back, if any man pulls back, he says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And so we could recognize, and some of us, what we have done, we realize that, yes, it's not about us. Yes, it's about God, and, and so we're bopping and enjoying our Christian life. And some of us intentionally, we know that, yes, we are broken. You know, we are, we're weak and all of that. You know, I'm only human, we say. And so we intentionally wallow in this sin. We intentionally go into this sin because we know that there is forgiveness. And sometimes what we do, we take God for granted, And it's that's what Paul is basically saying now. If any man draws back, my soul shall have no mercy in him. And so, folks, we gotta understand. As in the main text in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, it says that we need to do justly. This is it, but it is by faith. That's the only way. The next it says to love mercy. Do you love mercy? Do you love mercy? I grew up in this church, the Seventh day Adventist Church, and I have seen so many unmerciful acts. No mercy. I've seen individuals thrown under the bus and the bus run over them back and forth and back and forth, and they come to check if that person is dead and they're not dead, and they run over the bus, run over them again. No mercy booted out of the church, left to die, no mercy. The Lord is appealing and he says that if truly you need to see God or you will see God, this is what the Lord requires of us to do justly. And to love mercy. We must love mercy. And mercy basically. The definition of mercy is really. Compassion and forgiveness shown towards someone. Whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. You know that you have the right to punish or harm this person. But you show mercy. And that's what Christ did when he walked the earth. He showed mercy to everyone that he met do we show mercy do we show mercy yes your husband may have messed up and he has reformed his life do you show mercy yes your hus- your wife you know she did what you know she told you know certain things that she should not have said and all of that do you show mercy do you show mercy to your children do you show mercy The Bible is saying something to us here. This is basically the characteristic of God. And God wants us to understand that we must be able to show the mercy. This mercy, there is in the sanctuary, in the holy of Holies, back in, in, in the Levitical days, when you went into the outer court and entered into the sanctuary, the main the, the first compartment, and then you went through the curtains, into that final third compartment, there was this thing where the two cherubims are covering. And over the ark of God, over the commandments of God, the 10 commandments, there is this thing that is called the mercy seat. And this is where God sits. He sits on mercy. If God sits and dwells on mercy, why shouldn't we? Why do we look for ways for us to chastise and to pull down others and to smear smear others? Why not show mercy? If truly we are Christians, God is calling us into this arena to understand what mercy is. And so it tells us that in order, this is what the Lord requires to do justly. To love mercy. But here's the other one that is so hard for all of us. Is to walk humbly with thy God. Do you know what I mean, walk humbly with thy God? I don't know. I've seen people, you know, they're Christians for all this time and they have never sinned. They have never cheated. They have never done anything wrong. In fact, when they go to the bathroom, you know, it is just, I mean, it's ice cream in the toilet bowl. It is, there is nothing smelly, right? Everything is just smooth and clean, everything, right? No sin, right? And they walk with their nose high in the air. They have never sinned. They have never done wrong. And what we see is that it's telling us that these individuals, they're walking, their heads are above the cloud. There is no humility. And the Bible is telling us that this is one of the key things that the Lord requires for us to humble ourselves in the Lord. We must humble. If we do not humble ourselves, the Lord will humble us. And as we come to the conclusion of this, everybody, these are the characteristics, this is the mindset that God wants for those individuals that will enter the kingdom of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so we got to understand that God is bringing us on a mission. And when it is all said and done, your last moment, as someone asked me the question, is it possible for anyone to walk righteously, perfectly in this earth? And I said, yes, it is possible, but not on your own. And even you have the power of God with you, it is for you to keep anchored in him. But our last moment on earth Is going to be like our first moment in heaven. And God is preparing us in this way as Nahum chapter 1 verse 9. It says that the Lord is bringing all of these to an utter end. Everything, sin and all of these, corruption and all of these things is coming to an utter end. And he says, affliction shall not rise a second time. It will not rise a second time. It is it everybody. And so you came to church today. And as you came to church, you came broken. You came to church today, you came and you want to say, well, Lord, you know, I, 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 I came in, but you know, I was not sure about this whole thing, this whole experience. But God has a mission for you. You're going to hear me say this in all my message. He has a purpose for you. And if we should just allow God to unlock those special blessings in our lives, I'm telling you, amazing things will happen in your life. And I want to thank God for all that he has done in my life. When I consider where I could have been, I could have been in New York City, a gunman running around, but I praise God. He delivered me. Amen, Brother Willie? God, He wants to put us together again. Amen? Amen. Folks, you came today. And you want to say, you know, you want to stand today and you say, you know, I want to have special prayer. I want to have a special anointing in my life. My life perhaps has not been going the way that it should be going. I have taken that long scenic route and I find myself in the wilderness. In fact, I am lost. And I don't know how to get back. But you want to say, Lord, today... I want to acknowledge your presence, Lord. I'm, I want to stand because I am in need. I want your anointing, Lord. And so today, if you're in that category, you want that renewal. You want that fresh anointing. You want God to do what only he can do, only he specializes in. I'm asking you to stand with me. We want to have a special word of prayer.